service for that beautiful number. And good morning, everybody. Well, not everybody, but part of everybody. It's good to be in the house of the Lord today. I covet your prayers as I seek to preach the Word of God today. And I would appreciate that. <clears throat> I would like you to turn with me in your Bibles, please, to Psalm 92. Psalm 92. And uh, I'd like to do this a little bit differently. I remember way back a few years ago when I was a little boy in the country churches down in Tuscaloosa County, Alabama. We used to do responsive readings. And we still do that in Mexico quite a bit. So if you found uh, Psalm 92, would you stand please? And we'll read this responsively. I think we ought to always read the Bible responsibly. But that's not the same word. We're going to read it responsively. Which means that the preacher will read verse 1. And then the congregation together in unison will read verse 2. I will read verse 3 and you will read verse 4 and so on. It's only 15 short verses. So let's give honor to the word of God today as we read. Psalm 92. <clears throat> it is a good thing to give thanks unto the Lord and to sing praises unto, his, unto thy name O Most High. To Upon an instrument of ten strings, and upon the psaltery, upon the harp with a solemn sound. For thou, Lord, hast made me glad through thy word. I will triumph in the works of thy hands. O Lord, how great are thy works! And thy thoughts are very deep. A brutish man knoweth not, neither doth a fool understand this. When the wicked spring as the grass, and when all the workers of iniquity do flourish, it is that they shall be destroyed forever. But thou, Lord, art most high forevermore. For lo, Thine enemies, O Lord, for lo, thine enemies shall perish. All the workers of iniquity shall be scattered. But my horn shall thou exalt like the horn of a unicorn. I shall be anointed with fresh oil. Mine eye shall also, also shall see my desire upon mine enemies, and mine ears shall hear my desire are the wicked that rise up against me. The righteous shall flourish like the palm tree. He shall grow like the cedar of the Those that be planted in the house of the Lord shall flourish in the courts of our God. They shall still bring forth fruit in old age. They shall be fat and flourishing. All of us reading together verse 15, please. To show that the Lord is upright, he is my rock 
and there is no unrighteousness in him. We can put that against the backdrop of the local news, of the daily news, and we know that the Lord's written the last chapter. Amen? Let's pray. Our Father, we pray that the sweet Holy Spirit will be our teacher as we study thy word together again today. Open it to us, interpret it to our hearts, and accomplish your purpose in our lives. We ask it in Jesus' precious name. Amen. You may be seated. <clears throat> the book of Psalms is the Hebrew hymn book. And it is a well-established fact that this Hebrew hymn book is abundantly supplied with messianic prophecy. Now this psalm does not have a heading as to say that it is a psalm of David. The heading here says a psalm or song for the Sabbath day. It is surmised that that is perhaps because the word Lord or Jehovah and in the English Lord on all capital letters appears seven times and since there are seven days in the week it is surmised by some that this is a psalm for the Sabbath day. But these headings are not inspired scripture. They were added hoping for additional clarification. But it is a wonderful truth to know that many of the Psalms that we have, it is evident who wrote them. And even though in the heading it does not say that this is a Psalm of David, I personally have reason to believe that it is a Psalm of David. I strongly believe that David was the inspired writer because of the heart of the psalm, which we find in verse number 10. And this is going to be the main thrust of the message today, just this phrase. The last half of the verse. I shall be anointed with fresh oil. David remembers his first anointing. And if you would like to read with me there, it's found in 1 Samuel chapter 16. We'll read beginning with verse number 11. 1 Samuel 16 and 11. And Samuel said unto Jesse, Are here all thy children? God had told Samuel to go down to the house of Jesse and to anoint one of his sons as the future king of Israel. And he said, don't look on their outward appearance. God looks on the heart. But when the oldest came out, Samuel perhaps thought this is the one, but no, it was not the one. And on down through all of the sons, and finally, in verse 11, he says, are here all thy children? And he said, There remaineth yet the youngest, and behold, he keepeth the sheep. 
And Samuel said unto Jesse, Send and fetch him, for we will not sit down till he come hither. And he sent and brought him in. Now he was ruddy and with all of a beautiful countenance and goodly to look to. And the Lord said, Arise, anoint him. This is he. But now don't miss verse 13. Then Samuel took the horn of oil and anointed him in the midst of his brethren. And the Spirit of the Lord came upon David from that day forward. So Samuel rose up and went to Ramah. Just notice this right here. When he anointed him with a horn of oil in the midst of his brethren, the Spirit of the Lord came upon David from that day forward. Now since that time, David has gone into a time of being a type of Christ in the sense that Christ is the Lord of hosts. And that name of Christ, the Lord of hosts, means that he is a war god, if I might use that term, because he is going to come and bring great victory into this sin-benighted world in which we live today. He is the Lord of hosts. He is the God of war. He will rule with a rod of iron. He will come in with a reign of justice and holiness. Oh, how our hearts ache today because of the wickedness of the society, both of the nation and of the world in which we live. But we are reminded that our Lord is the Lord of hosts. And David, who was a type of Christ, is coming in now to replace Saul. And he is going to lead the nation in reclaiming the, the real estate that God has promised to them. God has promised this land to Israel. And he is called David, and David is going to lead the armies. There's going to be many battles. So when we come down to Psalm 92, it no doubt is a later time in David's life in which he has some battle scars, in which he has come to recognize quite a few enemies that he has. And he thinks about what God is going to do in the future in his life. And he says in verse 10, But my horn shalt thou exalt like the horn of a unicorn. Now there are two possibilities here for the unicorn. It could have been an animal that is now extinct. But I should rather think that it probably is a reference to another animal that is popular in Africa. And I'm having a senior moment. What is the name of that animal? 
a rhinoceros. I couldn't help but think of a rhino. And a rhino is a Republican. <laughs> Imitating like a Democrat. Now just take that out of the message. That don't belong to what we're talking about here. That's foolishness, isn't it? May God forgive me for foolishness. But the rhinoceros is one of the strongest and most powerful animals that there is. And it has this horn there. The horn in the Bible represents power. And it represents authority. And David is saying, but my horn shalt thou exalt like the horn of a unicorn. And then he says, I shall be anointed with fresh oil. No matter what the battle scars that I have suffered. No matter what the challenges that I have faced. No matter the difficulties in my life. I'm looking up. Because I know that I shall be anointed with fresh oil. He thinks back to the anointing when Samuel poured the oil upon him. And the spirit of God came upon him from that day forward. Not only to fight battles, but to write psalms. And to get into the book of Psalms, and the older I get, the more this Hebrew hymn book means to me personally. The glories of Christ are so richly given throughout the book of Psalms. But I think that, the, that this is prophetic here in verse 10. Not only is David thinking of himself personally, but I think he is thinking of his descendant. There is a line of kings that follow in his train. And it ends in the person of the Lord Jesus Christ. I shall be anointed with fresh oil. We have a beautiful prophecy that is given of Christ. In the book of Isaiah chapter number 61. And I'll turn slowly, giving you opportunity to find the passage. In Isaiah chapter 61 and verse number 1, The Spirit of the Lord, God, is upon me, because the Lord hath anointed me to preach good tidings unto the meek. Now in the Bible we find the word Messiah in the Old Testament. And we find the word Christ, which is the same word in the New Testament. And that word mean, means simply the anointed one. Christ, the Messiah, is the anointed one of God. God has chosen him for this specific purpose. And he comes into the world by the virgin birth, having only God as his father. And so he says here, the prophet, the spirit of the Lord God is upon me because the Lord hath appointed me, anointed me to preach good tidings unto the meek. 
He has sent me to bind up the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives, and the opening of the prison to them that are bound, to claim to proclaim to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord. And right in the middle of the sentence, he stops. We're going to see that. Now, the prophet doesn't stop. He goes on to say the day of the vengeance of our God. There are two thoughts of Christ being prophesied here in Isaiah 51. His first coming, which comes all the way through <clears throat> unto the acceptable year of the Lord. And then beginning with the remainder of the verse, and the day of vengeance of our God, that is the future when Christ will come again in his second coming. Now, if you will, please turn with me into the book of Luke, chapter number four, <clears throat> the gospel of Luke, chapter number four in verse 16. We find the direct fulfillment of that prophecy from Isaiah. Luke chapter 4 and verse 16. And he came to Nazareth where he had been brought up. And as his custom was, he went into the synagogue on the Sabbath day and stood up for to read. And there was delivered unto him the book of the prophet Isaiah, and when he had opened the book, he found the place where it was written, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me, which we have just read, because he hath anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor, he hath sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to preach deliverance to the captives, and recovering of sight to the blind, to set at liberty them that are bruised, to preach the acceptable year of the Lord. And in the middle of Isaiah's prophecy, he stops his reading. Verse 20 says, And he closed the book, and he gave it again to the minister, and sat down, and the eyes of all them that were in the synagogue were fastened on him. And he began to say unto them, This day, is this scripture fulfilled in your ears? For he whom God has sent speaketh the words of God. For God giveth not the Spirit by measure unto him. John 3.34 there is something about the anointing with fresh oil, which is, I hope we are establishing that fact, the fact that the anointing with fresh oil is for the believer the experience of the fullness of the, of the Holy Spirit in his life. And just as it was necessary for David, and just as also we could say that it was necessary for Christ. We too are to be filled with the Holy Spirit. There must be a time in which we come to the place in our Christian life in which we receive help, spiritual help. The overwhelming anointing of God's power in our lives in order to be of service 
to our Lord. Now the Lord Jesus Christ received the Holy Spirit without measure. You and I do not receive the Holy Spirit without measure. God knows individually what the purpose that he has for our lives are. And those purposes vary. He also knows our, our, our makeup and, and our emotional stability. And he knows what we can stand. And so when he gives to us the fullness of the Holy Spirit, he measures it out according to our need. But the Lord Jesus Christ is God in the person of the Son. Just as the Holy Spirit is God in the person of the Holy Spirit, and God the Father is God in the person of the Father, therefore the Lord Jesus Christ is fully equal to God the Father. He is God. And therefore the Lord Jesus Christ is fully equal to the Holy Spirit. So there was no need when the Lord was filled with the Spirit, for there to have been a measurement given unto him. <clears throat> My, what a beautiful prophecy and fulfillment this is. We today cannot acceptably serve God apart <clears throat> from this very same anointing that we have read in these scriptures already this morning. In the book of Ephesians chapter 5, look at verse 17 and 18. Ephesians chapter 5 and verse 17. <clears throat> Wherefore be ye not unwise, but understanding what the will of the Lord is. And be not drunk with wine, wherein is excess, but be filled with the Spirit. This is not a recommendation. This is not a suggestion. This is, for every truly born-again child of God, a definite command. And may I say that if you as a Christian have ever served God in the fullness of the Holy Spirit, then you will never ever again be satisfied with anything less. We wish to approach our message today from three vital points. <clears throat> First of all, our recurring need of fresh oil. Secondly, the certainty of our receiving it. And thirdly, the only way as to when and how it will occur in your life. <clears throat> Our recurring need of the anointing of the fresh oil of the fullness of the Holy Spirit. The anointing of the Holy Spirit's fullness is the only condition for Christian service that God approves and accepts. Without this anointing, we're not acceptable servants to our Lord. Listen to what God's word says in Matthew chapter 25, verses 1 to 3. 
Matthew 25, 1. Then shall the kingdom of heaven be likened unto ten virgins, which took their lamps and went forth to meet the bridegroom. And five of them were wise, and five were foolish. They that were foolish took their lamps and took no oil with them. But the wise took oil in their vessels with their lamps. Oil is a type of the Holy Spirit. Not only is it a spiritual thing, but oil is also a very practical thing in our daily lives. I was in a conversation with some fellow pilots one time, and I said, what do you men think is the most important instrument on the panel of an aircraft? Their general consensus was that it was the attitude indicator, which is an instrument that helps you to keep your wings level and fly straight when you're in a cloud and can't see the horizon. But I beg to differ, and I still differ, even though they continued to disagree with me. It was a friendly conversation that we had. My choice is the oil pressure gauge. The oil pressure gauge is the first instrument that you look at when you crank the engine. And if you don't get an indication from that needle, and I don't like little lights like we have in, in cars. I mean, the lights, they can go out. But anyway, if you don't get an indication from the needle within 30 seconds after you crank the engine, maybe 45 on a real cold day, you should be shutting the engine down. You're not going to need the attitude indicator or any other instrument if you don't get oil pressure. If you have a new car with no oil in the crankcase, even though you may have gasoline in the tank, you're not going to go very far. Oil is a very important substance. And you ladies, when you go into the kitchen, you have your cooking oil. And that's even better than oil in the crankcase. <laughs> the anointing with fresh oil brings an end to boredom in your life. The anointing with fresh oil is the answer to frustration. The anointing with fresh oil gives relief for burnout. The anointing with fresh oil is a cure for depression. The anointing with fresh oil is deliverance from discouragement. The anointing with fresh oil is a preventative for suicide. The anointing with fresh oil is an alternative to a cold heart. The anointing with fresh oil is liberation from dependency. As a matter of a fact, this anointing with fresh oil cannot coexist with addiction. The, the anointing with fresh oil is the key to physical healing. James 5, 14, 15. Is any among you sick? Let him call for the elders of the church. Let him pray over them, anointing him with oil in the name of the Lord, and so forth. 
The anointing with fresh oil is emancipation from the slavery of self-centeredness. This is what the Holy Spirit does in our lives when we're filled with the Spirit. The anointing with fresh oil rebukes satanic pride in our thought life. The anointing with fresh oil ignites faith and expels unbelief. The anointing with fresh oil renews our passion for the gospel. The anointing with fresh oil gives power for prayer, Bible reading, and soul winning. The anointing with fresh oil replaces despondency with praise. And we could go on all day long like this. But just let me say this. Yesterday's anointing is not available today. Our text says, I shall be anointed with fresh oil. Even in your car, you have to change the oil periodically. How much more so is it important that we recognize that in our lives there is the recurring need of being filled with the sweet Holy Spirit of God. Otherwise, we become stagnant Christians. The need is recurrent. Jeremiah said, my people have committed two evils. They have forsaken me, the fountain of living water. And they have hewn out for themselves cisterns, broken cisterns that can hold no water. Do you know the difference between, I'm sure you do, a fountain and a cistern? A fountain is a is, is a spring of water that is bubbling up, fresh water being produced. But now a cistern is a container into which you must put water. And if it stays there very long, it becomes stagnant. But in this case of, I, of Jeremiah, that wasn't even the case. They were broken. They could not hold any water. But I just want to emphasize the fact that our need for the fullness of the Holy Spirit in our lives as Christians is a recurring need that has to be taken care of day by day. Now, when you got saved, the Holy Spirit came into your heart permanently. This gives you your position in Christ. It does not ever change. But as a Christian, in order to serve God, we must have his strength and his power anointing our lives, and that varies from day to day. So secondly, the certainty of our receiving the anointing. All oh, this is such a beautiful thing in this passage here in Psalm 92. The psalmist says, I shall be. He's not saying, I hope I will be. He is not saying, perhaps I will be. He says, I shall be. 
I shall be anointed with fresh oil. In the life of a Christian, there are wonderful possibilities. Mark 9, 3 says, Jesus said unto him, If thou canst believe, all things are possible to him that believeth. <clears throat> now you and I live in this realm, but our God does not live in this realm. He does not live according to possibilities. Our God lives according to actuality. God never tried to do anything. Now I know I've said this myself. I'm not rebuking anybody who has said it. God's trying to deal with that man. No. God never tried. God isn't trying to save sinners today. He's saving sinners. God isn't trying to speak to your heart today. He is speaking to your heart. Are you listening? And so the psalmist, with full faith in God, knows what God is going to do for him. He's thinking, I was anointed with oil. I did receive the power of the Holy Spirit. I have been through the battles and the difficulties of this life. But not to worry. I shall be. I have known the power of God in my life. And now I shall continue to know the power of God in my life. The psalmist is saying. It's very, very important that we recognize this great truth. I want us to look at Psalm 92 and consider a couple of things that are here. Look at verse 9. For lo, thine enemies, O Lord, for lo, thine enemies shall perish. All the workers of iniquity shall be scattered. Look at verse 11. Mine eye also shall see my desire on mine enemies, and mine ears shall hear my desire of the wicked that rise up against me. From the very moment that Samuel poured that oil on the head of David and anointed him as king, from that very moment, David became a marked man in the crosshairs of Satan himself. The devil has no greater enemy than a spirit-filled Christian on planet earth today. So when we come to recognize this filling of the Holy Spirit, we come to recognize the fact that we have an enemy. But look at the balance that is given in Psalm 92. Look at verse number 12. The righteous shall, don't miss the next word, flourish like the palm tree. He shall grow like a cedar in Lebanon. And again, the word is shall, not maybe so, not hope so. 
The righteous shall flourish like the palm tree. He shall grow like a cedar in Lebanon. Those that be planted in the house of the Lord shall flourish. There's that word again. In the courts of our God. Matthew 15 verse 13 says, Every plant that my heavenly Father hath not planted shall be rooted up. Just make sure you're planted in the house of the Lord. Make sure you've been washed in the precious blood of the Lord Jesus Christ. Make sure that your name is written in the Lamb's book of life. That you're a born again child of God. But he says, those that be planted in the house of the Lord shall flourish. Whereby shall they flourish? They shall flourish because... I shall be anointed with fresh oil. They that be planted in the house of the Lord shall flourish in the courts of our God. They shall still bring forth fruit in old age. Okay, now I can take a little consolation from that myself. They shall be fat. Uh Uh-oh. That's talking about spiritual enrichment. That's not talking about that donut around your waistline. They shall be flat, they shall be fat and flourishing. There's that word again. Flourishing, flourishing. What kind of experience are you living as a Christian? Is it humdrum? Is it dutiful? Is it an obligation? Or is it a joy? I was glad when they said to me, let us go into the house of the Lord. Years ago, I I wanted to take a little extra training in a tail dragger airplane that I had bought. And I got a man who was an instructor who had more hours than I had ever heard of. I've heard of 15 and 20 and 25 thousandths of hours. This man had over 40,000 hours of experience flying an airplane. And I got him to go and fly with me. I said, would you, would you fly with me? He said, oh, yes, I'd be glad to fly with you. I'm excited about flying an airplane. And he had all this, this, this personal experience. I know what he was talking about. I've given an airplane away. I know I did the right thing when I did it, but I've been miserable ever since. Would you pray that God will deal with my wife's heart (laughs) and she will agree for me to get some kind of old clunker of an airplane. It doesn't matter what it is. But oh, beloved, the, the the thing that I'm trying to emphasize here is the simple fact that our life is to be flourishing, joyful. And the only way it can be is to be anointed with fresh oil. Then I want to read from Job 29, verse 20. I've got it written down in my notes. You can look it up if you'd like to. My glory was fresh in me. There's a good word that we're referring to quite often here. My glory was fresh in me, said Job. And my bow was renewed in my hand. When I read this, I thought immediately of our our pastor. He bow hunts. And 
I got a message from this verse. It is a wise archer who relaxes the tension on his bow by loosening the string from time to time. I don't know how it is with these modern mechanical bows, but certainly about the wooden bows and strings. But like Job, and like Pastor Mark in his recent decision, the bow will be renewed in his hand after it has been restrung. It will shoot again with effectiveness. Things may remain a possibility until we know the, the will of God in the matter. And then it's no longer a possibility, but it becomes a reality. But what if, someone says, what if is a satanic question. No, it is not what if, but I shall be. I shall be anointed with fresh oil. We never trust God until we trust him for the impossible. As long as it's impossible and it's something that should be done in your life, go ahead and do it. But things that are impossible come with unfeigned faith and receive this fresh anointing from the Lord. And thirdly, when and how will this anointing of fresh oil of the Holy Spirit's fullness occur in your life? It will occur when we come to realize and recognize that there are repeated failures in our life. Oftentimes, failures of the same problem. Hebrews chapter 12 and verse number 1 speaks of, let us lay aside every weight and the sin that doth so easily beset us. I'm not asking for testimonies this morning, but what is your sin that gives you such problems? Let me take just one example from the book of Jude. From the book of Jude, verse number 19. And here the word of God says, These be they who separate themselves Sensual, notice that word, having not the spirit. You know what the word sensual means, and it's repeated in other words throughout the New Testament, lasciviousness, concupiscence, and so forth. It speaks of covetousness, and it speaks of lust. Sir, you cannot... Look at pornography and know the fullness of the Holy Spirit in your life. Whether it's pornography that is printed in a magazine on the internet or if it is pornography that is walking down the street 
in front of your house. And may I say to the ladies, if you dress in such a way as to cause a man to lust after you, you are not in any way being respectful to that man. I'm 82 years old and a half. I'm not dead yet. And I can speak, I think, for every normal man in this auditorium. When there are sins that repeat themselves and you seem like you cannot get the victory over those things, that's a sign that you need to be anointed with fresh oil. When you realize that the fruit of the Spirit in Galatians 5, 22 and 23 no longer overflows your cup, then you need to be anointed with fresh oil. The psalmist said, Thou preparest a table before me in the presence of mine enemies. Thou anointest my head with oil. My cup runneth over. Oh, the ecstatic experience of a spirit-filled psalmist. And then sometimes in preparation for this anointing, there is a restlessness in your soul that you cannot explain. This occurs periodically in my own life, if I may give that personal testimony. Why is God disturbing the waters in my life? Rest assured, God has a reason. Because all things work together for good, according to his plan. He doesn't always tell us what he is doing. He just does it. And we have to trust him when we cannot track him. Your anointing will come when you have a thirst for him. In that last day, that great day of the feast, Jesus stood and cried and said, If any man thirst, let him come unto me and drink. John 7, 37 to 39. And when you come to God with an unpretentious cleansing, such as is mentioned of, in 1 John 1, 9, if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. And you submit yourself unreservedly to him, lock, stock, and barrel, live or die, sink or swim, Lord, here I am, I'm yours. And when you acclaim this anointing by faith alone, may I say don't seek an experience because you're not going to speak in tongues. From the authority of Scripture, that's over, that's gone and passed. Don't seek to copy somebody else's experience. Live your life unto the Lord. Be what God would have you to be. And trust Him quietly, simply, to give you the fresh anointing of oil, of the Holy Spirit's fullness in your life. 
I would like for you to remain seated, please, and take your hymnal and turn to number 168. This is not a full hymn. This is just a chorus. But it fully reflects the experience that we desire to have this morning. Spirit of the living God, fall fresh on me. Ladies, give me the key and we'll sing. this morning don't stand because someone else may stand but if in your own heart and in your own life you desire that fresh anointing of the oil of the Holy Spirit without regard of anyone else around you this is you. Would you please stand? I'm standing with you. All right, to those of you who are standing, we're going to have prayer right where we are, right where you stand. But you know, somehow I feel that Not only do individuals need a fresh anointing with oil. I feel that churches need it. And for those of us who are standing, I would like to request that we covenant together this morning that we're going to pray for our church as never before. And that we're going to pray for our pastor. We should have already been praying in a great special way. And many of you have. But if we come today to have our hearts inspected. By the Holy Spirit for cleansing. And to trust him. Just to ask him. The Lord said if ye then being evil know how to give good gifts to your children. How much more shall your heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit to them that ask Him? Just ask and believe. Our heavenly Father, today we come in the precious name of our Lord Jesus Christ. We thank you, heavenly Father, for each one that is standing. And, oh Lord, we covenant together 
to pray for our church, to pray for our own hearts, to pray for our pastor and his family, to pray for our future days of soul winning and revival. Lord, would you minister to us in a special way today. For Christ's sake we pray. Amen. Now would you all stand please and let's sing one more time. 168. Ready? Spirit of the living say this brother Larry thank you for following the Holy Spirit this morning we praise the Lord for you you don't want to miss tonight he's going to be back preaching again we love brother Larry Miss Judy praise the Lord for them and thank the Lord for the message this morning again don't forget men if you go out and sign for the uh, breakfast for next Saturday that'd be great ladies the sign up sheet for the thankful Sunday there if you could help us that that'd be a blessing let's pray father thank you again for the great great Oh, Word of God, this morning being taught, preached to us today. Oh, may we have a false, fresh, fresh spirit of the living God on our lives today. Help us, Lord. Give guidance and wisdom. Now take each person as they go their separate ways. Keep them safe on the roads. Bring us all back this evening. And we'll thank thee and praise you for it in your precious name. Amen.